The Gospel of our Lord according to Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leapt for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what has spoken was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, <clears throat> My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted them up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel. According to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. And Mary remained with her for about three months and then returned to her home. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth. And she bore a son. This year, the Feast of the Visitation falls in the week between Pentecost and Trinity Sunday. I never did think this meeting of these two women was only about sisterhood. I see the importance of the Holy Spirit and the working of the three persons of the Trinity driving this moment in salvation history. It was through the Spirit that grace was delivered into the hearts of the two women caught up in something so much bigger than they could conceive, as they were conceiving. The barely teenage Mary, unexpectedly pregnant, runs off to her older cousin Elizabeth, who was also unexpectedly pregnant, and rumors have been flying about both of them. Did Joseph and Mary jump the gun, or is she not as nice a girl as we thought? Isn't Elizabeth kind of old for her first pregnancy? And what is going on with her husband, the priest Zechariah? Struck mute in the temple, was it? It's easy to fall into the joy which Luke offers us between the two women. But this is not a feminist story. Yes, we are privileged to share these moments when the unborn John kicks his mother when Mary arrives, Elizabeth's blessing and humble reception of Mary's child being her Lord, Mary's song of praise even more ebullient than Hannah's with which it is, bears much similarity. But perhaps these two women were martyrs. They certainly were witnesses. And that's what martyr really means. 
They were chosen by God to be part of a sea change in the whole of salvation history. They were given sons, but not the joy of firstborn sons who would grow up, marry, give them grandchildren, and be the comfort in their old age. They were bearing sons who were born to die, one a prophet, the other the awaited Messiah. This is not about their agency or lack of it. When God chooses, we have little to say. Mary had more than most, but I seriously doubt if she was fully aware of what was actually being asked of her in that flash of light and angelic announcement. She knew about obedience, she knew about honoring God, but she'd probably been daydreaming about her wedding day when the shock of the Annunciation brought forth her yes. And all Elizabeth knew was that her grand and somewhat opinionated husband had gone to work in the temple and come home silent, fearful, and probably very grumpy. And he took her to bed, and suddenly she was pregnant. She who had been the target of mean jokes by all her female neighbors. Shamefully sterile. When we are called by God to a vocation, be it to deepen our commitment to our baptismal vows or ordination or vows of religious life, part of the formation is learning to identify a kind of peace which passes understanding. A key to discerning the mind of God But we are incarnate, and that doesn't alleviate us from the troubles of real life. Mary and Elizabeth knew the joy of the intimate presence of God, and they faced terrors they could only vaguely imagine. I don't think Elizabeth was that old, probably mid-40s, just past her most fertile time. One could hope she passed away before her son died at Herod's birthday party. But we know Mary saw her son crucified. After she had watched and worried as he had not grown into an honored rabbi, as was expected, but a wandering, dangerous prophet. What upheld them? These two about to be mothers, grace, and grace alone. But what about the reality? Did they suffer morning sickness, anxiety about surviving the birth? Certainly the anxiety of their peculiar social positions. They lived as we do between the promise of God's kingdom and the hard reality of earthly living. And here they were at the crux, dare we say, of God's plan for incarnate redemption. It must have been painful for both when Mary had to go home. There had to be comfort for both of them in each other's company. They could talk to each other about the miracles which surrounded them, pray together, believe each other. 
As we grow in discernment, the grace of hearing the Spirit guide us, and that's what discernment's all about, the more we will recognize that the true sign of being from God, the Holy Spirit, and not a trick of the father of lies, is the calm joy it brings. Not enthusiasm or happiness or assurance, but humble, simple peace, too deep and too complete to describe. A little discomfort, perhaps, which is only grounded by the realization that God is in charge and we're not. By faith alone. And as often or not, that comes most clearly when the chaos or decisions or life circumstances are most troubling and chaotic and far from joy. Pondering on Elizabeth and Mary as if we were there opens our heart to trust in God, trust in the guidance of the Spirit, even at times when all seems so confused let the visitation come into our hearts as it did for those faithful women as we offer support to one another in times of need but always turning to God and God alone for that deeper comfort the joy, the gift of being in God's favor the overwhelming love and the peace which passes understanding now, this is not only a story about women's friendship. It is so much more. It is about the first glimmer of what we will know as church. As for the first time, these two women, in the presence of the incarnate body of Christ, growing safely in his mother's womb, we will see the birth of church as the body of the people of God intertwined with the living presence of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, a living and eternal entity of which we are a part. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.